Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. Followers on fire, a new theme, or I like to say also this, followers of the fire. Today, I'm going to speak to you about answering the call. Now, that's something I truly believed I did some 40 years ago when I went off to seminary to answer God's call to be a minister. But I want you to know I didn't always feel <laughs> like I was answering the call. In fact, at one time I felt I was washed up. <laughs> it was a homiletics course that first year where you had to submit to a professor a manuscript of your sermon. And then he put you in front of a camera and recorded you and then planned a date to critique you altogether. Well, that day came. He handed back my manuscript, and it had all these red marks on it. And at the very bottom, his words, borderline illiterate. (laughs) I was thinking, well, should I just go back to my room, pack up my books and my clothes, and go home to Minnesota? That's what I was thinking. I'm washed up. And then he played that video in front of me and just kind of, without smiling, nodded his head. No, you didn't use your notes, no. And uh, he said, well, you kept it under 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh. And then his comment was this. You made me salivate. I am thinking, I made you want to spit? Oh, I'm done. And he said, you made me want to hear more and to listen to more. And that is good, Tim. Oh, (laughs) a second chance. (laughs) You know, if you think of Jonah, who was down and out or out of the boat and down in the mouth of a big fish, God gave him a second chance. He said, go to Nineveh. Think of Peter, denied Christ three times publicly, and God came to him three times, feed my sheep. What I'm trying to say to you is the God we worship, the God of the Bible, is the God of a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a hundred chances for you And for me, if God can use somebody like me, someone like Jonah, someone like the disciples, Peter, and if God can use a murderer, I'm here to tell you, he can use you if you answer the call. Let's take a closer look at a murderer. His name is Moses. I'm going to give you the background up to this reading. Moses was in Egypt, raised in the house of Pharaoh. And at one time in his life, he decided he 
on his own was going to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of the Egyptians. He did that by seeing an Egyptian taskmaster abuse one of his own fellow countrymen. Although he was raised in Pharaoh's house, he was a Jew. And he killed that taskmaster. And he, excuse me, and he told the people, you know, quit fighting among yourselves. And they said, who are you? Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? They turned against him. The Egyptians turned against him. And Moses had to flee Egypt to the desert. And for the next 40 years, Moses is in the desert taking care of sheep. The very job that Egyptians despised that at one time in his life was the worst and the most despised job of all, a sheep herder. And today in this reading, we catch up to Moses 40 years into this job of taking care of sheep. And God comes and calls him. Let's take a look at it. Now Moses was keeping the flock, follow along once again, of his father-in-law, not, not his own flock, but father-in-law's, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, the desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Something he did for 40 years, very common, day in and day out. Wake up, look at the sheep. Find some grass for him, some water for him. Smell the stinky sheep. Take care of him day in and day out for 40 years. And all of a sudden, one day, everything changes. Let me tell you how that happened in my life once. 25 years ago, tomorrow, Labor Day, 25 years ago, I was with a friend of mine from Salisaw, and he came up to visit. He said, let's go shopping, you know, Labor Day specials. So I said, okay, we'll go to J.C. Penney's. He goes, no, I don't shop at J.C. Penney's. We're going to Dillard's. And I go, I don't shop at Dillard's. I go to J.C. Penney's. Well, since he was driving, we went to Dillard's, and I walked into Dillard's ordinary day, another Labor Day, and my life changed forever. Never to be the same. You know what happened? This happened. <laughs> I met a German working in the men's department named Sabina. And I ended up marrying that woman. It changed my life forever. See, that's how God works. He'll come to your life, maybe on an average day, and change it forever. He doesn't tell you two weeks ahead of time, oh, by the way, I'll be there in two weeks. I'm going to change your life. No, when he calls, be ready. Let's take a look at the call of Moses. Verse 2, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him. That's another way of saying God appeared to him. In a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Hey, that's a miracle. That's pretty amazing. Okay, and Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. 
Why the bush is not burning? Well, duh, yes. But this is so much deeper. I'd like to take you, if I may, to even another level. Now, tradition has this bush, a thorn bush. Well, because it's the only thing sheep won't eat in the desert or on a mountainside because of the thorns. Now, why is that so deep? I want to take you back to the present, to the future. I want to take you back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. Part of the curse or the consequence of their sin was thorns and thistles. Yeah. A symbol of the fall of Adam and Eve. Here, Moses is looking at a thorn bush. Part of, you might say, a symbol, figuratively speaking, part of the sin of mankind. Now let me take you to the future. Jesus, the night he was betrayed or when he was crucified, branches of a thorn bush were weaved into a crown and placed on his head and the blood came from his head because of those thorns when Jesus died for the sins of the world, for your sins, my sins. You see the connection? A thorn bush was burning. You might say God's wrath being proclaimed, but yet not consuming. Pretty amazing sight. And then the words of God came from this bush. Whew. Let's take a look at that. Verse 4. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. Why twice? Probably to get his attention. Because Moses is looking at the bush, and then he has to hear, Moses, Moses. And he said, isn't this wonderful? Moses says, here I am. Isn't that wonderful? When God calls, my prayer is that you will answer, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, Moses, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now, isn't it interesting? God comes to him and says, take off your shoes. Now, we want to think right away, well, yes, that's out of respect for God. And that might have been a part of it, but just a very small part of it. This was so much more and so much deeper if I dare say. Now, if you take your sandals off, your feet are dirty. Now, you take your shoes off right now, your feet are dirty. And if you put your foot on the ground, they're going to get even dirtier, right? So it was not part of not getting the mountain dirty at all. It was God saying to Moses, I want you to get in touch with me, the creator who made the ground. Take off your shoes and touch it. It's holy. I'm here. I made it. There's a movie called Pretty Woman. And in that movie, Richard Gere is so rich and so stuck up, he can't even relate and he finally takes off his shoes and his socks and he walks on the grass. And it changes him. Have you ever walked 
on the grass with your bare feet? You know who made that grass? God. Have you ever walked with your toes in the sand? You connect to the ground? God made that. Have you ever squished mud between your toes? Now, some of you are going to be blown away by this. It might be one of the most sacred things you do. If you remember, it is God who made that. Let me tell you, when you go back to creation, God says, Adam, Adam, you are mud. For you were taken out of Adam, dirt. And guess what? To Adam, dirt, you will return. It's a way we connect with God when we just touch the dirt, like a farmer who picks up the dirt and looks up and says, thank you. See, Moses had a problem of forgetting. God says that later on about remembering who I am. After 40 years in the desert, day in and day out with the dirt and the dryness, oh, he forgot about God. And he says, take off your shoes. I am here. This is my dirt. And I want you to remember me. I am holy. Now, if you go to the New Testament, it is Jesus who washes the feet of the disciples. He cleans them. Here, God is saying, get dirty and remember me, for it is holy. Remember the seventh day? God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, unique, separate, distinct, set apart. The dirt is unique, distinct, set apart, because God is present. Wherever God is, it's holy, right? Okay, let's go on. Number five. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off. Verse seven. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. When God calls, the first important thing is that we remember who is calling? The creator, the one who made the dirt. That's who calls. The first thing is who is calling? God Almighty, the creator. And we need to know that he's all-knowing. He knows your life inside and out. He knew when you were born. He knows when you'll die. He knows what you did in elementary school, high school, and college, and yesterday, and what you'll do tomorrow. He knows everything about you, and he still calls. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them, them out, out of the land to good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, milk and honey, figurative language for the best of the best yet to come to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the termites, and the Jebusites. <laughs> Just checking if you're listening. Mm -hmm. yeah. I threw that in, the termites, okay? Don't get upset. Number nine, and now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You're not doing it, Moses. I'm doing it. 
and I'm calling you. I'm going to deliver them. But Moses said to God, who am I? Notice the change. Here I am. Now he's coming up with an excuse. You know, we have a, I have a little bit of Moses in me. And you do too. It's called original sin. It's when God calls, we want to say, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute, man. I can't do this. I'm not prepared for this. Yeah, when God calls you into service, guess what? The devil is going to kind of tempt you to say, wait a minute. I'm not qualified. Look, why? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? I already tried that. It doesn't work, God. Ever said that to God? When he's asked you to share with your children, a neighbor, invite somebody to church, <laughs> it doesn't work. I've already tried that. He said, but I will be with you. Jump to the New Testament now. Twelve disciples. Jesus said to them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth! Oof. I haven't even been out of Judea in my whole life. You want me to go to the ends of the earth? Yes. God's call to you and to me, go and make disciples of all nations. <laughs> what? All nations? Really? Yeah. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. Well, I can't even teach. You want me to baptize and teach? How's that going to happen? Here it is. I am with you always to the end of the age. The same call to Moses is the same call for you and for me. See, it's not about you. It's about who's with you. See, the first thing that we have to remember when God calls is who is calling. The creator of heaven and earth who knows everything. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow in your life and what happened last week. He's got it all planned out for you and for me. The second thing we have to remember is who is with us. God is with us. If we can just grasp as a church, as an individual, I am with you always to the end of the age. <laughs> the fire begins. See, it's not the fire of the bush. It's the fire within Moses when he realizes God is with him. And then God says to him, now this will be a sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, when you see the results, you shall serve God on this mountain. Hmm. But now here's Moses again. He comes up with some pretty good excuses, don't we? When Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, good question, what is his name? What? Shall I say to them, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said this, say this to the people of Israel, I am who I am 
has sent me to you. Now, when you study the original language, this word I am is Yahweh, without the vowels. Yahweh. Say to the people, Yahweh, I am has sent you. Have you ever thought about, you know, people asking you a question about God, about life, how are you going to answer? Well, the answer that God has called us to answer others is talk about I am. Hebrew, Yahweh. Now, I'm going to take you from the Old Testament to the New Testament. An angel says to Mary and Joseph, his name shall be called I am salvation. Wait, that's not what the angel said. The angel said, call his name Jesus. You got it. Connection from Old New Testament to New Testament, right back to Moses, the great I am, the name Jesus. Yahweh's salvation, Yahshua. The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, you have a demon. I do, why? Well, you say that if, if somebody listens to your words and believes in them, they'll never die. <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses have died. And you say if we listen to your words and believe in them, we will not die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? <laughs> and Jesus said, Abraham was looking forward to my day. And get this. Abraham saw it and rejoiced. Then Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> what a connection. He brought him right back to Moses and said, don't you remember the story of the great I am? I am the salvation. Jesus said it this way over and over again in these words. I am the bread of life. You know, people like to eat. Ever talk about food? You can talk about your spiritual food. God has called you to do that. Jesus said, I am the way. People are always talking about maps. Follow your navigation system on your car. You're going someplace. Do they know the way to heaven? Let me tell you, people want to know about how to get to heaven. Children want to know about how to get to heaven. You can talk about Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth. There's a lot of truths out there, television, radio, magazine. Do you realize there's only one truth that is the most important, the truth in the Bible, the word of God incarnate. I am the life. Everybody wants a little more out of life, an abundant life. You know that abundant life. I am the life. Listen to the words of Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am coming soon. Some of the last words in the Bible, there's no time to waste. We need to start speaking and talking about the great I am. His name is Jesus. We sang it just a few moments ago. It's all about Jesus. When you say Jesus, this is what you're saying. I am the great I am's salvation. The connection of Old and New Testament. 
when God calls, you need to know who is calling, the creator of heaven and earth. You need to know who is with you when he calls you to be a witness, to share the story of the great I am. He's with you and he has put a fire within you. Be followers of that fire. <laughs> be followers on fire. Now, I kind of would like to wrap it up with a little story. Some of you, I'm sure many of you have heard this one before, but it's very appropriate here and now, this morning, before we leave. There was a wife who came into the their bedroom, the husband was sleeping and said, honey, get up, it's time to go to church. And the husband looked at his wife and said, I'm not going to church today. And she said, why? He said, I'll give you three reasons. Number one, those people are cold at church. Number two, the people at church don't even like me. And number three, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> the wife said to her husband, I'll give you three good reasons why you should get up and go to church. Number one, those folks at church are not cold. They're very warm. Number two, there's a couple people there that do like you. And number three, you are the pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But doesn't that fit with us? We can come up with every excuse there is not to answer the call to go to church, not to answer the call to speak to our children and grandchildren, a neighbor, a coworker about the great I am who's coming soon. And it doesn't work, does it? Because God has called us. Just like you say, well, God calls a pastor. Guess what? He calls each and every one of us to be a witness, to share the good news, to share the joy of salvation. My prayer is this. You know that God has called you, that you'll answer that call. Here I am. You'll realize who has called you, the creator of heaven and earth. The ground you stand on is holy. And where you ever go, it's holy because God is with you. When you leave this afternoon, if you go to the lake, God is with you. If you go home and sit and watch football, God is with you. You get in your car, go to a family, God is with you. You go to the bar, I'm not promoting that, God is with you. And that's a holy ground you stand on. And the great I am has got a fire burning inside of you through the work of the Holy Spirit. We all have been called to follow the fire and to be followers on fire. May we never forget that. Amen.